Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning and the opportunity to uh, gather together uh, to uh, hear your word and uh, be under the, the means of grace, the gracious means that you use to uh, teach us of your word and of the gospel and to grow in the knowledge of you and of your son. And I pray that your spirit would be with us and that uh, he would um, apply, apply your word uh, to, to our hearts and minds and so that we would uh, understand and uh, hold fast to your word. And uh, we thank you for all these things and pray that they be to your glory. And we pray in your name, name of your son. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, good, good morning, everyone. Now, this morning, uh, I'd like to look at, uh, there's something special I'd like to look at in the, the first chapter of uh, Genesis. And uh, actually, we were in the first chapter not too long ago on a Wednesday night. And can I just get a, a raise of hands for uh, who was at the Wednesday night class uh, where we were in Genesis? Okay, so most people here weren't there. So we'll be covering some of that territory again, but we'll also be uh, focusing on some more particular issues uh, dealing with the theme of seven. Uh, The number seven is very important uh, throughout Scripture, uh, all the way from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, And really it's a theme of, uh, conveys the idea of fullness and a completion. Uh, and there are some things I've been studying. Uh, if you have a chart before you, we'll really be looking at the, uh, the table uh, where in the upper left you see major events, components of the creation week. Uh, that's the primary one we'll be looking at. And I just want to show you some things that are rather uh, spectacular in the first chapter of Genesis Uh, that just shows how deeply uh, these themes uh, run. Well, there's one that has a a heading at the the very top that says references uh, to Elohim God. Uh, We'll be using the other uh, table more. Yep. And so, just to begin, I I just want to look at the first couple couple verses of Genesis, and then we're going to move through uh, pretty quickly, and then when we get to the sixth day and the the seventh day, uh, we're going to slow down a bit, because that's where we're going to see these uh, themes really uh, begin to uh, culminate and uh, cascade, Uh, just uh, seven after seven after seven, uh, showing the completion of God's work. And now... In the first two verses, uh, basically Genesis is divided up into uh, seven uh, major sections or units. Uh, And each of those units are divided uh, by the days. Uh, The refrain, uh, there was evening and there was morning the first day. Uh, There was evening and there was morning the second day. Uh, There was evening and there was morning the third day, and and so on, uh, forming uh, seven major sections. Uh, And... The first two verses uh, fall into the first day, but they also sp- serve a special function uh, in narrative. Uh, narrative is just, uh, here it's historical narrative. Narrative is a, a kind of a, a story uh, where we see uh, participants and events uh, unfolding 
uh, and the basic question uh, that's being answered in narrative is uh, what happened? Uh, what happened? Uh, things that follow uh, depend on things, events that come before. Uh, and so uh, just in the first chapter, uh, we're going to reach the, the completion of the creation at the very end. But that depends on the first six days uh, before you get to the seventh. Uh, and uh, then eventually there's going to be a fall. Uh, God's going to preserve the, the offspring of the woman uh, with the ultimate hope that he will preserve and restore his blessing in creation uh, after they sin and rebel against him. Uh, and eventually, uh, Genesis ends with uh, Joseph and the 12 tribes uh, in uh, Egypt uh, at, the, at the very end. And so uh, it's going somewhere. Uh, the, uh, and the, the events carry the narrative uh, forward. What happened as uh, the timeline uh, moves forward and they move from place to place. And now with the first two verses, uh, they serve an introductory uh, function. And you, you see this uh, again and again uh, with uh, narrative as you get to new scenes uh, and uh, uh, new uh, units within in the narrative. Uh, and so it serves to uh, introduce uh, participants or uh, major entities that are going to be uh, part of the, the narrative uh, that unfolds. Uh, it introduces oftentimes uh, either problems or unresolved issues uh, that uh, the rest of the narrative is going to uh, address. And sometimes as you keep reading, uh, those problems or unresolved issues, uh, complications will be introduced. Uh, sometimes uh, maybe they'll almost get resolved, but then they won't. Or uh, maybe some things will be resolved and uh, other complications and problems will be introduced along the way. Uh, and really... Uh, we see it unfolding uh, salvation history all the way from Genesis to Revelation. There's a lot of uh, narrative uh, and interest in what happened uh, throughout uh, the unfolding of, of Scripture, of what God's uh, purposes are in history. And uh, here, uh, Moses begins all the way uh, at the very beginning of all things. And he was uh, writing this for Israelites who were... Uh, really uh, between the, the 40 years in, in the wilderness uh, and by uh, around 1406 B.C., uh, he was writing for those, uh, that second generation, who is going to enter uh, into uh, the promised land. Uh, and uh, he wants them to understand uh, who God is, uh, what his purposes are in history, uh, that he is the one true creator God, the, the creator of uh, all things. Uh, he's not uh, just some, uh, some uh, particular uh, national uh, pagan deity that, that people had. Uh, uh, a lot of times their uh, deities would actually, their conception of, of so-called gods, it's very strange to even use the word, it was so different. Uh, really, uh, they had not, uh, not uh, cosmogonies, uh, which has to do with the origin of the universe, uh, cosmology, uh, really the, the structure of, of the universe. But they had uh, theogonies, uh, the origin of the gods. Where did the gods come from? Uh, but here uh, at the very start, uh, God needs no introduction because uh, all the Israelites know exactly who he is. Uh, Moses doesn't have to uh, introduce him. And so uh, he starts... Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
And there, that's the absolute beginning of everything whatsoever. A God exists independently of all things. He's independent of space, of time, of history, of all of creation, any a created being or created thing. Uh, he exists independently of all of them and depends on nothing for his uh, existence. But everything else is created uh, and depends ultimately on God. God is the source of all creation, of space, of time, uh, of history, of uh, the very fabric of uh, all uh, creation and all uh, history. He is uh, the very source of truth, goodness, beauty, uh, wisdom, uh, all things, uh, life. As uh, uh, we'd see if we keep reading, uh, we'll see it throughout the creation account, but then even with the uh, uh, the tree of life and the tree of the uh, knowledge of goodness and evil. And so, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, now the heavens and the earth have been uh, introduced uh, into uh, the scene. And so now he uh, doesn't tell us what happened, but he just gives us some background information about uh, the state of the, the heavens and the earth, their initial uh, state, uh, so that we can understand the events uh, that, that follow. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, uh, or uh, barren and empty. Uh, as, uh, if you go back and listen to some of our youth Bible studies, uh, it has more to do with the idea of uh, barrenness. Uh, the term often has to do with both of them, uh, nothingness or emptiness, uh, but uh, tohu and bohu, uh, those, those are the words. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like Tweedledum and Tweedle, Tweedledee or something like that. Uh, but uh, tohu and bohu. And tohu uh, is often used for uh, sort of these uh, a barren a desert uh, areas, kind of a barren land or, or a wasteland, where uh, in these uh, desert wilderness areas, uh, they're uh, unproductive. Uh, they're, they're lacking... Uh, really any or many inhabitants. Uh, there's not much uh, there, uh, not much to uh, support uh, life. And so uh, it's sort of an unproductive, a barren, empty uh, land. Uh, but here, no, it's not a desert because uh, we're going to see it's covered in the waters of the deep. Uh, but uh, the same basic idea applies to this environment where uh, it's uh, unproductive. Uh, it's, uh, it's not yet... Uh, ready to uh, support habitants and uh, to support life. Uh, and so the first three days uh, really are going to uh, begin to take care of this uh, unproductive uh, land that's not ready uh, to be uh, to, for inhabitants uh, to uh, live and, and dwell in. Uh, in the last three days, we'll focus more on then uh, filling and bringing inhabitants uh, into uh, the, uh, the 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 habitations, uh, the fruitful environments that uh, that God makes, uh, and so uh, the earth was without was barren and empty, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so uh, the days that follow, uh, they're going to uh, resolve this. Uh, it's no longer going to be barren. 
but it's going to be fruitful uh, and habitable. Uh, and he's going to create distinct environments. And uh, it's no longer going to be empty, but it's going to be filled uh, with, uh, with creatures and uh, with life and with uh, uh, the sun and the moon and the stars. Uh, in the darkness, uh, God's going to bring light uh, where there was uh, darkness. Uh, and the, uh, the waters of the deep, he's going to uh, separate them and bring forth the dry land and uh, create the, uh, the waters above the, the heavens and uh, the waters below. He's going to gather into uh, seas for all of the creatures to fill on uh, days uh, four uh, through uh, six. And so uh, this sets the stage, uh, belongs to uh, day one, but uh, it sets the, the stage for uh, everything that follows. And so now I just want to work quickly through uh, the first three days, uh, and then we're going to move uh, fast into uh, day six uh, and to day seven, where we'll uh, slow down quite a bit. And uh, uh, perhaps next week we might have to cover a, a bit more. All right, so uh, now uh, with the, the first day of creation, uh, and if you look at our, uh, our chart, uh, the major events and components of the, the creation week, the, the one that's really kind of a nicely organized uh, table. Uh, if you look at the top, you see each of the, the days of the, the creation week. And so we, the, the intro, that belongs to day one, but uh, serves a special function. Uh, and then we see all of the days through uh, through day uh, seven, and we're going to see on uh, days uh, to a large extent, although not completely, uh, days uh, one and four. Uh, they have uh, much correspondence to one another, although uh, people sometimes oversimplify it uh, in the, the commentaries. Uh, days uh, two and five, uh, and then days uh, three and six, and so. With day one, uh, we'll see uh, the, the uh, creation of light. Uh, God's going to create the, the day uh, in the night. And uh, there, uh, the, uh, the sun, moon, and stars, uh, they'll rule over the day and the night. Uh, but then with day two, he's going to bring forth the heavens, and that's where the sun, moon, and stars re reside. And so it's not quite so simple as just days one and four. Uh, and then with the, uh, the separation of the waters above and the waters below on day two, uh, he'll create the, the heavens and uh, the, the birds. They will uh, uh, they'll fly in the, the heavens on day five. Uh, but then the, the waters below, he's going to gather into seas on uh, day three. And so the, uh, the fish, uh, they're in the waters below, are really the, the seas. Uh, they're finally completed on, on day three. And the, the fish and the birds uh, will see them on day five. And then with day six, uh, well, uh, corresponding to largely with uh, day three, uh, day three, uh, God forms the, uh, the waters together, uh, seas, and he brings forth the dry land. Uh, and finally, the vegetation uh, and the, the beasts uh, and man, uh, they'll, uh, they'll fill the, the land. Uh, and God will finally give the vegetation to all of his creatures. And uh, if you look at days uh, three and six, uh, it's actually grouped into uh, two parts. Uh, a day, uh, part A, you could say, uh, with the creation of the, uh, the gathering of the waters and bringing forth of the, the dry land. 
Uh, and then uh, on day six, uh, you have the creation of the beasts and of, uh, of man, uh, but you also have other things as well. You have a blessing and God's provision uh, uh, that will uh, be added on to that. And so really with uh, Moses, you see that there's, uh, there's order, there's repetition, but there's also much of variation throughout. And uh, he, he actually avoids things like parallelism and uh, chiastic structures. Uh, you, you might get close to one, but he, he avoids them uh, because it's really not poetry, but it's historical uh, narrative. Uh, and you'll start to get uh, maybe a little more sort of poetic elements on the, the seventh day. You'll see a bit of parallelism. And so now just looking at day one, I, I just want to show you some of these uh, components. If you look at the left hand of the table, uh, we're going to see some recurring events or components that uh, will repeat uh, through, throughout uh, with some variation. And I've ordered them uh, according to their uh, default order uh, as they normally appear. Uh, but oftentimes things will just vary uh, subtly uh, for uh, oftentimes uh, thematic reasons that uh, Moses wants to bring out. So let's just look at day one. And so the first thing we see on day one, uh, we see a command. And God said, let there be light. Uh, and follows up, and there was light, a report. Uh, typically you have a command uh, followed by a report, although usually the report just says it was so, but on uh, day one, uh, it's very explicit. God said, let there be light, and there uh, was light. And so we see that God, by his sovereign decree, uh, by his very word, uh, brings into existence light. Uh, he commands, and the creation stands fast. Uh, it immediately obeys him uh, and comes into existence, uh, showing just the very power and authority of God uh, in a creation. Uh, and if the creation obeys God uh, like that, uh, how much more should uh, man, uh, a moral, rational agent, uh, how much more should his creatures uh, obey him? And so uh, we have a command uh, followed by a report, uh, and there was light. Uh, what God commanded uh, came to pass. It stood fast. Uh, these are uh, supernatural, uh, powerful works uh, by God, and we're, we're going to see a, a series of, of works by God, and uh, each and every day uh, leads off with a command. Uh, it's God's command uh, that basically orders all of creation, and everything flows uh, from uh, his decrees. And so uh, we have a command and a report. Uh, God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Uh, God's evaluation, and uh, usually it comes at the, the end of the days, and uh, usually it just says, and God saw that it was good. Uh, but here it comes at the, uh, the very start uh, so as basically to say, uh, God commanded, uh, it came to pass, and you have God's immediate evaluation of his very first work, uh, and God saw uh, that the light uh, was good. Uh, he's uh, an infinitely perfect uh, and holy and righteous good creator, 
And so everything that he makes uh, is good. And then uh, following the, the evaluation, uh, we see an action uh, of God uh, bringing this to pass. Uh, and sometimes you'll, you'll see a little variation. Sometimes there's uh, separating uh, and other uh, actions that are performed. Uh, but here we see, uh, and God separated the light from the darkness. Uh, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Uh, and there is evening and there is morning. Uh, the first day, and so the action. God separated the light from the darkness. Uh, these separations and naming shows that uh, he gives order and structure uh, to all of creation. Uh, he assigns everything uh, its uh, place uh, for which uh, he has intended it. Yeah, Peter. Adam, a quick question. In my Bible translation, mm-hmm. day and night are capitalized. Is there any significance to that? Well, in Hebrew, uh, there isn't uh, any capitalizing. Uh, so they're probably just doing it to show it as uh, as a title for which he's uh, calling them, maybe instead of throwing quotation marks okay. around it or, or something like that. And so uh, God separated a light uh, from from darkness. So it began with darkness, and uh, now light is created. Uh, where the creation was only dark, uh, now light is uh, brought forth into the creation, and he uh, he makes a separation. Uh, ordering it separating the light from the darkness. And after his action, uh, we see naming. Uh, some, uh, that's another type of speech he gives, sometimes a command, uh, but sometimes we'll see uh, that there's other uh, sort, of, sort of speech acts. Uh, three times he names, uh, three times uh, he will bless, and one time uh, he will provide uh, and give. And these are acts in which God, uh, God speaks, uh, where he names, uh, to name you, you uh, speak. Uh, it's a sort of uh, speaking action uh, that he uh, performs. And so uh, God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness. He called night and there was evening and there was morning uh, the first day. And now I also want you to notice, and uh, we can't go deeply uh, into these issues uh, but we have uh, many classes that are posted online for our uh, Genesis classes for the Youth Bible Study, uh, which go uh, very deep into these issues. Uh, we don't uh, water things down at all. I teach them just like I would teach adults, although I do try to think about, is there anything I need to uh, explain or any terms that I need to define? Uh, and uh, We chose very deliberately to uh, go very deep because... Uh, the first uh, three and four chapters of Genesis are so foundational to understanding uh, all of Scripture and are far more deep uh, than uh, I ever uh, even imagined. I, you know, I would have said they're very deep, but uh, the, the waters are, are deep. I, I haven't plumbed uh, their depths. Uh, and so, uh, but here uh, we see a God called the light day uh, in the darkness. Uh, he called night. Uh, now yom can have uh, different meanings, uh, day. Uh, and here uh, we see uh, he called the light day in the darkness. He called night. 
I worked all day and I slept all night. Uh, what, what kind of day is that? Uh, that's, uh, that's a period of light, uh, uh, during the, the time of light, uh, during, a, during a day, uh, and then followed by, uh, by night. He called, he called the light day and the darkness he called night uh, and taken uh, together. Uh, now, now that light has been uh, created uh, in the, the day and the night, uh, now you can have, and there was evening and there was morning, uh, the first day. Uh, and that's the Hebrew conception of time. Uh, you begin with uh, the period of darkness, evening, uh, and then you move to morning, the period of uh, daylight. Uh, and that's, uh, that's how he, he, the Hebrews con, uh, conceived the day, where you begin with evening, uh, you move uh, through the daylight, and then when the daylight ceases and night comes, uh, now uh, the day is ended. And so there is evening and there is morning, uh, the first uh, day. Uh, and so uh, here, uh, these uh, days, uh, they are light and darkness, uh, day and night, uh, evening and morning days. Uh, and you see a cycle. Uh, and there is evening and morning the first day. And there is evening and morning the second day. And there is evening and morning the third day. All the way through six, that's uh, work week. Uh, and then you have the seventh day, that's uh, week week. Uh, the, the Jews associated it with their uh, Sabbath, which was later uh, added and corresponded with uh, the seventh day, although God doesn't command the, uh, the Sabbath uh, here. Uh, and then uh, Moses in uh, Exodus 20, and I believe uh, 31, uh, when he's giving the Sabbath commandment, uh, and he tells them, uh, you shall work uh, for six days and rest on the seventh day. Uh, they weren't to uh, do any work on the seventh day. Uh, the reason he gives is... Uh, for uh, Yahweh God, or, or for six days, Yahweh God uh, created the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that are in them. Uh, that's everything. And he rested on the seventh day. Uh, therefore, uh, he might even use the, the word, he mixes up the word Sabbath and in, in seventh to connect the, the two together. And so he rested on the seventh day. Uh, therefore, he blessed the seventh day and consecrated it. Um, and so uh, he's basically saying uh, that uh, because uh, God worked uh, for uh, six days and rested on the seventh, and uh, the salient point is for six days uh, God worked and rested on the seventh, you too uh, do, do likewise. Uh, do, do just as, as God did. And uh, it really wouldn't uh, be too difficult for the uh, Hebrew people to uh, understand. It would be uh, very clear, and he's not, he's not equivocating or, or anything. He, he draws a d direct a parallel uh, between their working uh, and his working. And so they're uh, light and darkness, uh, day and night, uh, evening and morning days. And, uh, and uh, we, we can't go uh, too, too deeply. And uh, really, it's, it's just the same as uh, Joshua. They uh, walked around the, they were to walk around the uh, the city of Jericho uh, for once, uh, for six, six days. And then on the seventh day, uh, they're to walk around seven times. And you, you find things like, uh, and they arose in the, the morning, and they, they went to bed at evening. And uh, it's really not uh, so unclear. And so I'd say uh, test these things. And if scripture teaches that God uh, created in uh, six evening and morning days, uh, believe it. Uh, but uh, test, test the scriptures. If it doesn't, don't believe it. But uh, I believe with 
a great conviction uh, that it, it does. And I don't believe that it's uh, really so unclear, but I, I think it has to do more with uh, commit, uh, philosophical commitments in our day uh, to uh, describe uh, all of uh, basically the, the universe uh, from a, a physical mechanistic uh, view. Uh, they start with anti-supernatural, anti-biblical assumptions, and they come to anti-supernatural and anti-biblical conclusions. Uh, no, no surprise. And uh, we go uh, much deeper in the youth Bible study into some of those things. And so uh, uh, last thing, uh, just you know, since I'm uh, exhorting you uh, here and uh, in encouraging you, um, you also have to realize uh, that when it comes to the, the beginning of a creation and of uh, the universe, uh, it's empirically unobservable. Uh, empirical means with the uh, uh, with, uh, senses. Uh, it's empirically unobservable. It's empirically unrepeatable. It's empirically untestable. It's empirically unverifiable. Uh, you cannot go back. You cannot repeat it. Uh, and anyone who's a student of history knows that uh, you have either, uh, you can have inscriptional artifacts, uh, things that are written on, uh, where humans uh, record uh, things that uh, they observe to uh, happen, uh, or God, uh, he, he has his inscripturated word. Uh, and then you have uninscripturated uh, artifacts, uh, things like uh, when you, you dig around, uh, not much survives. You might find some uh, clay seals, uh, those stick around for a while. Uh, you might uh, find some stones left, and uh, with a little imagination, uh, you, you can think that, huh, these maybe belong to a building or a fence or uh, something, something like that. But without, uh, without inscriptional evidence to go along uh, with the other sort of physical remains, uh, you're just left with utter speculation uh, when it comes to the investigation of history. Uh, and now we're looking at the, the absolute beginning of all things. Uh, you're looking at a theory of everything. Uh, if uh, weathermen can't even predict the weather uh, with complete reliability a day out, uh, if all climate, climate models uh, failed to predict uh, that there wasn't warming these past 15 years, they all failed at it uh, because the variables are so complex. Uh, weather itself is it's a chaotic system. When you look at the totality of the origin, the structure, the history, the development of all creation, uh, you are looking at something that is so utterly complicated uh, that it, it's just beyond us. If God had not spoken, uh, we could not know anything of these. Uh, of these things. And so uh, the author of Hebrews says, uh, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things uh, not seen. Uh, for by faith we believe uh, that uh, God uh, created all things basically out of nothing uh, by his very word. Uh, these are supernatural, powerful, uh, creative uh, acts. Uh, uh, many of them uh, either instantaneous or, uh, at the very least, happening on the day that they, they happened. Uh, it was so. It, it came uh, to pass. And uh, if you even look into 
uh, the order of, uh, and many are abandoning the, the Big Bang cosmology these days because it's uh, compounded uh, so many uh, problems, the flatness problem, the horizon problem, and uh, the problem of comets. They, they have to uh, imagine that there was an Oort cloud, but we've never, we've never observed it where uh, baby comets are uh, born because they can't explain how, how they haven't all uh, disintegrated, uh, basically. But you, you can't see it. Just, just believe it. Uh, even if you look at the order of things, not only do the six days not, not match up uh, with uh, a secularist, a physicalist, mechanistic explanation of the entire universe, not saying that there might not be uh, some, some observations, that uh, limited ones that they can make, but if you just look at the order of things, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, uh, the and so you, you start with the heavens and the earth. It's covered in water, uh, the waters of the deep, uh, and you have darkness. Uh, that, that doesn't match up at all. You, you begin with the heavens and the earth and water. Uh, that's not supposed to come. Water is not supposed to come for over, well, over 10 million years, and then you finally have the, uh, the, uh, the, the earth, and, or 10 billion. Then you have the earth and the, the heavens, and then... You know, uh, so many more, a billion and hundreds of million, and uh, then you end up with uh, water, and uh, you see that uh, he also, uh, you have light before you have the, uh, the sun, moon, and uh, stars, uh, even. Uh, in there, uh, showing pe- people ask, uh, how is it, how can there be light without the sun, moon, and stars? And uh, boy, I wish I had what Kelvin said. Uh, uh, some of those... Uh, uh, 16th century uh, reformers had, uh, had some fire in their belly and had a way of th- saying things. Uh, but basically, uh, we seem to think that uh, we, we so associate light with the sun and the moon and the stars that we, we don't think that, that God could uh, uh, create and bring forth light up, apart from them. Uh, that somehow God uh, is incapable of bringing forth light apart from the sun and moon and stars. And uh, basically, it's to just show uh, that God can, uh, that God can uh, bring forth a light so that there's uh, uh, light and darkness, day and night, uh, evening uh, evening and morning. And uh, when you get to the fourth day, uh, he'll assign it to the sun, moon, and stars. All right, it's your your turn. Take over uh, from, uh, from here. Uh, and uh, we think that, you know, we, we, we imbue the, the power uh, in, into the sun, moon, and stars themselves. Uh, but really, God's the ultimate source of light. Uh, and as Isaiah looks forward to at the end of Revelation, ultimately it says uh, the Lamb will be the light and God will be the light. Uh, you get to the very end of Revelation uh, and you almost you have kind of a chiastic structure with the, the book of Genesis uh, with Satan uh, uh, deceiving and uh, being judged and such, uh, going all the way back to new heavens and the new earth. Uh, and no, no sun, moon, and stars, but uh, the Lamb will be the light and God uh, will be the light. God's the ultimate source of a light uh, and, and of all, all things and uh, anyways, you, you just keep uh, comparing. Uh, you have the, the waters below and the, uh, the, the waters above. Uh, you have the, the atmosphere, uh, even before you have the, the sun, uh, moon, and stars. And uh, just in the, the, the dry land and uh, just everything. Uh, it, uh, they don't fit together, and uh, many are even abandoning 
uh, the uh, Big Bang uh, cosmology uh, the, these days for uh, many, uh, many different reasons. And, uh, and really, uh, today's Big Bang, it's not your, uh, it's not your grandpa's uh, Big Bang. Uh, it, it's changed so uh, radically. Uh, and before that, they had steady state theories. And before that, uh, and so a man's speculations will be overturned uh, again and again and again and again. Uh, but uh, God's word will uh, stand uh, fast. And so uh, if it teaches God created in uh, six days, uh, I'd say, uh, believe it. Uh, search, search the scriptures. And so uh, now uh, let's uh, keep on moving. Yeah. I love when God talks to Job and says, Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwelling of the light and darkness where is its place? And then he goes on and then he goes back to the light and says, Where is the way that the light is divided? He talks about light being divided, and I've never thought about that before, but it is, like you said, there are sources of light that we automatically think are just the sun, but he's saying here that light itself is being divided. Yeah, absolutely. It draws on much creation imagery, uh, Isaiah too. Um, and so uh, the, there is a evening and in, in, um, morning, the, the fir- first day, and that, that's basically a, uh, what we call an earth uh, ro- rotation day. And so uh, we've seen some of the components. Uh, uh, we saw a command. Uh, we saw a report. Uh, what God commanded came to pass. Uh, we saw an evaluation, and God saw that the light was good, uh, followed by an action of uh, separating the light from the darkness. Uh, and then God naming, uh, calling the, the light day and the darkness night. Uh, and there's evening and morning, uh, the, the first day. And uh, these are the, the, the days or uh, even the, the closing refrains, uh, bringing uh, each day to a close. And so uh, now uh, we've uh, finished uh, the very first day. So uh, I just want to move through and work through uh, into day three. And we probably won't get beyond that. And then, uh, Lord willing, uh, next week... Uh, we'll uh, finish up the last portion and uh, look at some of these uh, more themes of uh, seven as they uh, develop. But uh, if any of you have uh, questions uh, along the way or, or uh, comments, uh, uh, feel free to uh, uh, speak up. And so, uh, in God said, uh, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters uh, from the waters. Uh, And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And so now we have God calling uh, forth an expanse in the very midst of the waters of the deep that covered uh, the earth. And so... He's brought, where there was darkness, he brought light. Uh, and now, uh, the waters of the deep, uh, he separates uh, them. Uh, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. And let separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separate the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. Uh, and so here, right in the midst of the, the deep, there's a separation 
so that now there are waters above and waters uh, below uh, on the earth. Uh, and really, if uh, you want to uh, know what the, uh, the expanse is, uh, and here it, it might even, I think the NIV has the word uh, vault, uh, speaking of like the, the vault of, of heaven, uh, which would also probably be a, a, a good uh, translation or expanse along, along those lines. Uh, but if, if you want to know what it is, uh, just look out the window over there uh, and you see the, the sky up there. There's the expanse. Uh, uh, as you see the, the sky right there, those are the waters uh, above uh, where, uh, where the clouds uh, in the atmosphere and the rains and waters uh, gather. Uh, those are the waters of, above, uh, which he names uh, heaven. Uh, he names them uh, heavens uh, above. Uh, and then uh, there were the, the waters uh, below. And uh, some, uh, some uh, scholars uh, these days, uh, if you want, uh, again, I, I commend uh, the, some of our studies uh, that we uh, did uh, going deep into these issues. They'll say with the expanse, uh, they'll, they'll look at some uh, places. Uh, it's the rakia, uh, the, the expanse. Uh, and uh, there's a verb along the same lines. They'll uh, be used for like hammered out like sheets of metal and such. And uh, sometimes it, it can do with certain like uh, solid type uh, structures. And so uh, they'll basically say that the, the ancient Hebrew cosmology uh, was basically that uh, the sky was a, a bronze, a metal dome. Uh, and so if you knocked on it apparently you know they, they'd think uh, it'd be uh, it'd be just like rock solid uh, like that and uh, they'll they'll uh, quote from uh, job where it talks about the the sky uh, being as hard or really the, the word can just mean uh, strong uh, as uh, uh, as bronze and uh, I'm trying to remember the the rest of it but uh, it, it's poetic because it's so funny uh, because in Hebrew uh, in uh, Hebrew poetry, like Moses uses the same imagery and says uh, the, the sky will be like as hard as bronze and the ground as, uh, will be as uh, basically uh, metal. Uh, he's talking about a drought that's happening. And did they really think the ground was made of metal? No, they didn't. It's just ridiculous and absurd. It has real structure. Uh, it uh, expands, but... Uh, some scholars, uh, they're also not the best uh, linguists uh, because word meaning uh, has certain stability from how it's used, but also has flexibility uh, in, uh, in uh, context as well. Uh, and so uh, they'll, they'll make it like they, they believe that the sky was just made of uh, solid metal and you could go up there and knock on it. And that's what they're saying. And uh, anyway, we, we went into to great detail uh, for that and uh, showed uh, just how many problems and how, how absurd it is. But I, I'd just like you to be aware of that in case you read a commentary that says, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, but anyway, so uh, God created the, the, the expanse and the, uh, the waters below, above and the waters uh, below. Uh, and it was so, and God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and morning the second day. Now, notice there wasn't... Uh, there was a report uh, at the end. It was so, but there wasn't an evaluation. God did not evaluate. And if you look, look at our chart, 
And we have the days along the top and uh, the uh, creation events along the, uh, the left side. And if you look at the, uh, the evaluations, uh, we have an evaluation on day one, uh, day three, part A, day three, part B, uh, day four, day five, day six, uh, part A, day six, part B, uh, for a total of seven, but we're, we're missing one on, on day two. And if you look at the reports, you see the same thing. Uh, basically, you, you have one on all of the days except day five, uh, where he, he kind of balances them out. So you're missing an evaluation on day two, and to report it was so on day five. And uh, the reason for this is part of the themes that we've been talking about. A seven, the idea of completion, where he wants the final uh, report, uh, and it was so to come at the very end, uh, where you have the fullness, the completion, where God now says it was so, and everything that he uh, commanded and everything that he uh, created came to pass. It all came to pass. And he wants the final evaluation to fall at the very end. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Seventh and final uh, it was all very good. And so uh, uh, the, there are all these variations to bring out the, the themes that we're going to see along the way. And so uh, now where there is darkness, he's brought forth uh, light. Uh, and uh, where there were only the waters of the deep, now you have the, the waters above, uh, the, the heavens above, and the waters below. And now on day three, uh, he, uh, he'll bring... Uh, completion to these uh, uh, fruitful uh, habitations uh, for uh, all of his uh, creatures to uh, dwell in and to uh, live in. And so, uh, verse 9. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Uh, and there's, there's also an important uh, thing that I have to mention here, where there's a, a, the biggest textual variant in all of Genesis uh, 1, where uh, in the, the Septuagint, uh, which it's often called the Greek translation of the, the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, but actually it's the Greek translations of uh, Hebrew manuscripts, uh, of the, the books of the Hebrew, Hebrew Bible, Greek translations. It's a collection of them that were uh, brought uh, together. It wasn't, uh, there wasn't just, they didn't sit down and just from beginning to end uh, translate all of the Hebrew Bible but there were translations and revisions over time uh, into Greek, uh, different times and places that were collected uh, and brought uh, together. Uh, and uh, there's an action that's missing here uh, in the Masoretic rabbinic text. Uh, you can call it either because uh, it's the text that the rabbis uh, preserved uh, between uh, the, uh, the first century uh, A.D., uh, all the way through uh, around the 
13th, 14th uh, century uh, AD. Uh, they uh, preserved it uh, very, very well. But it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's very good, but it's not perfect. You know, it's not, it's not flawless. And that's why uh, we have to look at manuscripts. Uh, and there's an action missing here that is actually found uh, in uh, the Greek translation of uh, Genesis, found in the, uh, the Septuagint. And uh, in the, the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, there's a scroll called 4Q Genesis K. Uh, 4Q stands for K4 uh, at Qumran. Uh, if you've heard about the, the Qumran uh, findings of all, all the, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, although there, there were other locations as well, uh, in the fourth cave, uh, they found a Genesis K, as they call it. And it's to, uh, to order and signify uh, which a scroll it belongs to. Uh, and there's a tiny little fragment that preserves uh, part of the, the first uh, two words of this action uh, from one of our very oldest uh, Hebrew uh, scrolls uh, going uh, all the way uh, back. And uh, really, uh, when it comes to this section, uh, it's, it's, our, it's our oldest uh, that, that preserves these very words. Uh, and oftentimes, the, the Septuagint uh, in Genesis, in the Pentateuch, uh, the five books of Moses, the Torah, uh, it has a tendency, uh, it's not the Greek translation, but it's the Hebrew manuscripts they were using, have a tendency to harmonize and to add things. And so uh, where you see a report uh, or an evaluation missing, uh, as we just saw on day two, uh, and then on day five, uh, a report uh, missing, well, uh, they, they filled it in. So you end up with eight. Kind, kind of ruins the, the sevens, doesn't it? Uh, they're, they're like, huh, something's, something's wrong here. Uh, you know, th th this isn't quite right. So they, uh, some scribe in Hebrew uh, filled it in. And, uh, and for the Greek translation, they very faithfully just, just copied what was there. Uh, but here, it's very interesting because the, the harmonizations are extremely wooden. Just word for word. They, they really stick to it. Uh, and also, uh, you, you find with uh, uh, one of the, on, on the seventh day, uh, it says, and God completed on the sixth day his work they had done. And it could have just been a mistake. Probably more likely, it was a harmonization because uh, they thought it might have implied that God did some work on the, the seventh day. How could he complete his work on the seventh day? He, he did it on the, the, the preceding six days. And so sometimes you, you find these harmonizations. But here, uh, it's very interesting because it is not, uh, it is not wooden uh, at all. Uh, in fact, uh, there is, as you uh, read along in the, in the Greek, uh, there's a Hebraism, uh, meaning uh, there's, there's a sort of a Hebrew way of speaking uh, and conveying ideas that was unnatural to Greek, that they brought in uh, to Greek as they translated. Uh, and so in Hebrew, uh, water uh, is treated as plural, waters. But it's kind of singular, collective in Greek. Uh, and so a translated, uh, it would be, and the waters under the heavens uh, were gathered to their gathering places or to their 
gatherings. There, gatherings. Uh, and that doesn't follow uh, the first uh, the, the first verse uh, in Hebrew uh, where it goes from singular and then with the action uh, to a plural. And they don't woodenly follow it. Uh, and so uh, it's evidence, and there's more along those lines, and uh, we, we have a class that dealt just, uh, just with these issues, uh, that uh, kind of an excursus, uh, a bunny trail, uh, but a very relevant one, uh, that this, isn't, uh, this is not a harmonization. Harmonizations are very wooden, uh, and it's very easy to explain uh, in show where there are uh, two, uh, two words uh, where it says, Vayikavu, uh, and were gathered, uh, and the waters were, were gathered, and Vayikra, uh, and God called. Uh, and there's another way it could work out, but the, the words are uh, spelled almost identically, and they, they share the first a few letters and look very similar. And so a scribe's eye probably just skipped over the action and he picked up with the, the word that looked the, the same. Uh, and it, it, it dropped out of the, the rabbinic text, but it's been preserved all along uh, in the Greek translation and then confirmed in this tiny little fragment uh, in uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls, our very earliest Hebrew fragment. And why I tell you that uh, is because, and we're going to have to uh, close, but with these reports, uh, you see as you resolve these textual issues, uh, the reports, it was so, come out to seven at the end. The evaluations, come out to seven at the end. And look at the bottom, uh, the, the total of the, ma- uh, along the left, total major events or components uh, for each day. They culminate at the, the very end of the sixth day, in 42, uh, a seven for each of the six days. All six days were complete by the very end. Uh, perfectly, everything was in its place. And by the end of the seventh day, 49, seven sevens, God's perfect, complete, a creation. And without this action, it's one short for, for each of them. It all it all falls short. And so I haven't actually seen all of these things in the commentaries, uh, probably because we're, we're just starting to feel the impact of uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, that haven't made their full impact uh, on uh, our English translations of the, the Hebrew Bible. Uh, and so as we're going to see and work through these uh, things, uh, Lord willing, uh, next week, uh, we're going to see that not only does it show just how amazing a God is and how righteous and good he is in his uh, perfect and good and holy creation, but uh, the confidence uh, that we can have uh, in uh, the preservation of these scriptures uh, with the, the, the sevens as they culminate and cascade, especially as we get into the sixth and seventh day, uh, it could not be, and we could not have that unless a Genesis was remarkably uh, preserved uh, all the way from around 1406 BC for thousands of uh, years. And so, uh, part of it, I, I just want to encourage you uh, both to, to understand Genesis more and to, to 
uh, begin to see uh, some of the depths uh, in here. Uh, but then uh, just to have all the more confidence uh, in the reliability of the text and the preservation of, of God's word. But I realize uh, we've gone uh, over time, so uh, we'll close and uh, next time uh, we'll be able to, uh, uh, to cover the, the rest. So let's just uh, close with prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your uh, for your word and uh, for uh, the book of Genesis and uh, for your prophet Moses, uh, through whom you uh, spoke these things and to whom you uh, revealed these things. Uh, because uh, apart from you, uh, we uh, could not know or understand or uh, grasp uh, creation. Uh, we. Uh, weren't uh, there. Uh, we we cannot, uh, can't go back. We can't uh, repeat it. And I just thank you that uh, you've revealed these things, that you're the one uh, true creator God, uh, and that uh, you uh, created all of these things for the, uh, the blessing of your creatures and for the blessing and dominion of, of man, uh, your, your steward. Uh, and uh, ultimately for uh, for your glory, and uh, we just thank you, and uh, thank you for the book of Genesis, and uh, even to see uh, that uh, your spirit was there at the uh, the, the very uh, beginning, and uh, oh, hovering over the waters, uh, ready to give a life uh, to, uh, to all of creation, and so uh, we, we give you all the thanks uh, and the glory, and pray that you'd uh, gather us uh, together again, and uh, bless, uh, bless Eric and all of us uh, as he preaches, so that we would, uh, we would hear and and understand, uh, and love your word and love you and your son all the more. And uh, we pray these things in his name, Amen. Amen.